Welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that Sunday started. I'm your host, Jared Jacobus. And you are? I am. Joel. 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 We're back with Joel. Joel Kovacs. Joel's in the house. You weren't in the house this last weekend. I was not. Where were you at? I was doing a wedding in, in South Carolina. Beautiful, beautiful. Yep. What part of South Carolina? Uh, just uh, just outside of Hilton Head. Oh, okay. Yeah, you go there a lot, don't you? Yep. Our family goes there every summer. And so this is like 30 minutes from where we normally go. Yeah. It was nice. Did you get any uh, any time to yourself or was it all just wedding stuff? No, I had time to myself. It was um, It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of, it's a family that's been a part of our church for since the beginning and their kids and that's awesome. And other friends of the church in the church are their friends. And so I was there with lots of church people and we just, we got to spend time together and your whole family go. No, no, no. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. Katie will go to most of my like destination weddings. Yeah. Cause it's kind of fun. Yeah. But she couldn't. There's too much. Too much. Three kids. Too much to ask Nana. Nana and Papa had to help her uh, okay. navigate the weekend without me. Yeah. So it'd be too, that makes too much to put on. They have like sports. Oh, yeah. And Tons of games all weekend. Yeah. Well, that was the problem. There also was no school. Oh, wow. So okay. that made it worse. It would have been yeah, easier. So they had some free time. Yeah, on Friday and fill. Monday, no no school. So Why, why was school out? I don't know. A work day for teachers, fall weekend, something like that. Yeah. Combination. I don't remember having all these days off when I was a kid. It's frustrating when you're a parent. <laughs> you just like really, it's like you get a, you, you, you want to be in a rhythm. Yeah. You want to just have a routine that is pretty fixed and it, it's hard to get it fixed. You might get three or four weeks at, at a time and then it stops. It's frustrating at times. Yeah, I remember um, when we would get a day off from school, my parents still worked. Yeah. So it was like, you know, free reign. Right. It was like the, what's that that movie the, with the little kids that run around on the island? Oh, oh. Or a book. Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. <laughs> yeah, right, it was like a that. true Lord of the Flies. It was Lord of the Flies. Moment. The classic. All right, let's get into today's sponsor. Yep. Today's sponsor is golf. Oh. Golf is an amazing sport. Yeah, And okay. uh, do you know why it's an amazing sport? I know lots of reasons why. The main reason is because <laughs> the odds of it ever becoming a sport in the first place are worse than the odds of someone winning the lottery. Really? Yeah. Talk um, to me. Uh, imagine this. Imagine you invented golf and you had to go to Shark Tank to pitch it, right? Yeah, this is good. There's yeah. there's no way you'd ever get anyone to invest in no. it. Your your pitch would essentially be like this. All right, so I got this tiny ball, <laughs> and you have to get it into this hole. Yeah. And they go, uh, all right, well, how, how do you get the ball in the hole? You use sticks. <laughs> Not just one stick, a lot of sticks. A lot of different sticks. And they're heavy. And you got to carry them around. <laughs> They'd be like, okay, uh, so the hole is like it's like ten feet away or something. Five hundred feet. Five hundred yards. <laughs> Five hundred. And sometimes you can't even see the hole. Sometimes you can't even see it. Yeah. Uh, and you right, only get right. three shots or <laughs> five on a on a par five. So there's one hole you have to get it. No, there's eighteen holes. 
So, yeah. If yeah, you had to pitch that, there's no way it'd ever become a sport. Yeah, I could hear him say, I'm out. It's a golf. It's a miracle it exists. It, yeah, love that. And John spoke about taking the next step that God has put in front of you and that the voice inside of you is a conviction of the Holy Spirit identifying what that next step is. My first question is, what happens if we ignore that conviction? Mm. I think the first thing that comes to mind is that, you know, uh, your interaction, our interaction with God is not just transactional. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times we, we view kind of a relationship with God as transactional. And not even necessarily in the sense of like, okay, if I do this for God, then he does something for me. But in the sense that the way that God relates to us most is his substitutionary atonement, his gift of dying on the cross and his blood being shed for the remission or the forgiveness of our sins. And so therefore, like he's like paying us so that we can walk and live and be and all that, all that. And so it can become, you know, relatively sterile to think of your your kind of relationship to God as a, he did this thing for me, therefore I can live a certain way, you know, even if you have the right perspective on what it means to be freed from sin. It doesn't mean that you can just do whatever you want, but you're at least freed from sin. But it just can become very transactional. And everything about the life of Christ God becoming flesh, dwelling among us, spending time with us so that we can see God. You know, if you want to understand God, look at Jesus and and he walked around with, you know, fishermen and, and, and spent time with, you know, government leaders and prostitutes and sick. And he, he was so ingrained into the fabric of culture. You know, he was yeah. at weddings and he was at worship times and temple, you know, synagogues and you know, he was working, he was in the fields where farmers and stuff were, and he was on the countryside and out in boats. And I mean, he, he was in the world. And so there's this, there's this intrinsic relational nature of Jesus. You know, he talks with them and, and speaks with them. And then, you know, the, the transcendent moment of I'm going to do more. It's better that I leave so I can send you my spirit. It's kind of like saying like, I'm going to give you like even a more intense relational reality as a, as a, as it as your interaction with God and so we have a relate like it is a relationship with God yeah and it is truly that it truly is um um alive it's not just like your bank or your grocery store like you have a relationship with your grocery store you go there you get things you give them money a lot of times we think of God that way yeah, or sure. like, like Instagram, like I open it up, I, I interact with it when I want to, and then it's over. Then you put it away. You know, it's, it's, it's a marriage, you know, you're like in a relationship. And so when God is prompting us or speaking to us about anything and we don't respond, think about how that would make someone you really care about or who cares about you feel right. It's yeah. like, it would, it, you know, if your wife is like, hey, would you please do this and take him to this or whatever? Like, if she's like, would you please, before you leave today, will you do the dishes and vacuum and even just something that simple? 
Like, it's not just that you didn't do it. And she's like, hey, you didn't do that. Will you do it tomorrow? It's like, it, it's relational. It hurts. Yeah. Because yep. it's like, it's like you do care. Like, you, you know, like, I asked you to do this simple little thing. And it's, it's, I'm not just upset it's that the more, dishes aren't yeah, done. It's more than the, I'm upset than the because like, we're, we're like, like, it makes me feel like I don't matter to you. Yeah. And, you know, well, it's not that you don't matter to me. It's dishes don't matter to me. But that's not that's not what it is. Yeah. It's a relationship. So I think, you know, Paul talks about don't grieve the spirit. You know, and so when the spirit is speaking to you, hey, you know, like today you need to call that person and, you know, or send those flowers or stop, just stop right now. Stop right now. Turn around. And go say you're sorry. You know, like whatever it is, that moment, you know, yeah. Put get up from your chair, go lay on the bed with your son, talk to him for a little bit right now. Just go do that. You know, like that's like, make it about him. Like you need to, and you, uh, it's just like, imagine what that does to, to God. You know, he's, he's a being, he's not a human being, but he's a being and he's the one who made human beings. And so whatever there is in the world that we cherish about the nature of a healthy relationship, he's the author of that and wants that. And if we don't engage in that in a healthy way or in a, in a, in a responsive way, I would imagine that, you know, and if we care about him, then we should not want to grieve him in yeah, not listening sure. to his command. One thing, just his, call it a request. Yeah. Imagine just like every request that your wife would ask you to do or your kid would ask you to do. You, you're 50-50. How good would your relationship be? How good would it feel? I don't know. So that's my first, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is just when we, we say grieve the spirit, it's like, I think we feel like, oh, I upset God. But it's so much more. You're grieving this person, this being whom you like have this connection with, who loves you, who, you know, and it's like, oh man. Yeah. It's a breakdown of it's that a breakdown connection. of the Yeah. So that's my first thought on that. Why does it seem like sometimes the next step we're being called to take doesn't really appear to be a step, but it it looks much more like trying to reach the summit of a several mile hike. Like for instance, yeah. take giving up drugs, uh, you know, that's just a few words, but for someone that's deep in it, that's like seemingly impossible. Yeah. Right. You know, that's, I, I saw something the other day. It said change is not an event. Yeah. It's a process. And so I think that a lot of times we aspire to good things and the way that we're wired is we struggle with nuance and we struggle with process. So we think about the end result. And anytime you think about the end result, you, you know, you you get all those emotions and serotonin yeah. and it's exciting. And but then once you start grinding it out, it's kind of like you have a plan. You know, I'm gonna get there, I'm gonna win, I'm gonna be the champion. I think Mike Tyson said everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you get punched in the face because it's hard. Yeah. So the step is hard, you know. And it's like, oh man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that uh, the daily grind is is challenging, and you just have to you have to let it happen. You can't you can't 
you can't when it's never going to be yeah. every single day. I heard someone say that um, it's interesting about goals that it's important to write your goals down, right? So whatever I'm talking about, like even just literally, I was talking to a friend this morning. He's, um, he's going to do, he's going to do Iron Man oh, in wow. Iron Man. Yeah. You know, if anybody knows what that is, like a full marathon, I think it's like 80 some miles on a bike, maybe more. Yeah. I think it's a little more. And, and then whatever, a couple mile swim. You think about, you, I'm going to do an Ironman. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's the summit. Yeah. And um, I heard someone say that if we tell people our goals, there's a school of thought that says, once you make your goals known, you almost, it kind of, it, it puts them in the court of accountability. Yeah. You know, it's like, you said that, so I don't want to be all talk, you know, so I'm going to do it now because otherwise I look like someone who just like has these big ideas. Well, it's easy to let yourself down. It's yeah. hard to let others down. Yeah. You, 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 you go, okay, I'm doing this because I want to be held accountable. I think that's one thing and I think yeah. that's probably good. Uh, the other side of the coin is to, to tell, I heard that if you tell people your goals and they celebrate the idea oftentimes that makes the person not accomplish oh, their goals really because the the uh, emotional and the chemical experience of it being celebrated before it actually happens can at times satiate your desire oh, for wow. it too much that makes sense that you don't push through and do the hard work and so you know i mean these are classic ideas about uh, delayed gratification and the process and you know that's the, the you know the marshmallow test right yeah, yeah that whole idea of can you you know can you actually do the difficult thing and we've talked about that a bunch in this this podcast but it's like um yeah i think that's a that's all part of that reality yeah um, so this message was really practical. Uh, it's a call to action mm -hmm. and most likely an uncomfortable action. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we should take some time um, and offer some encouragement mm -hmm. and also offer some challenges mm -hmm. to listeners mm -hmm. um, so that they can go and take that step yeah. that they know that they should be taking. Right. Um, Let's start with encouragement. Yeah. So what encouragement can you give us to take the next step? And do you have any real life examples that we haven't discussed yet um, of you taking your next sure. step that um, you saw the fruit of in the end? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think to encourage you is like sometimes people, again, it's, it's even the goal of, you know, uh, reaching the summit of a mountain. A lot of times when we're talking about transformation, whatever, whatever it is we need to be transformed in becomes a mountain. Yeah. You know, so like you brought up the idea of drugs. It's like, oh, this is a mountain. I mean, an addiction and all this other stuff and family and context and money. And it, it just, it's a huge mountain. And then, and then that can be overwhelming. And the first step can feel meaningless. Yeah. So you get discouraged. 
I think that part of what John was getting at in this message is, is that it doesn't always have to be a mountain too, you know? Oh, interesting. Like it can be something more simple that you could accomplish in less time. For example, like, um, you know, looking somebody in the eye and saying, thank you. Every time you interact, like stopping. And it's like, you don't, it's like, so maybe your, your goal is like, I'm going to, I need to be more kind to people. Like, yeah. You know, I, I've been whatever, you know, frustrated and treating people. I don't know. I feel like I don't treat people with kind. I feel like I don't look at them like they're like a real human being made in the image of God. And I just kind of like move past people. And so again, like if your goal is, you know, ultimately you want to be like Christ, you're talking about monumental change. And then you're talking about micro change. Like there's just like little things so it's like, I want to be more kind to people. And so I think part of it is, is don't always set yourself up in transformation to only be on the pathway to this ultimate summit of transformation, but yeah, little, little things, little goals that you can actually accomplish and you can go, I got that now. Yeah. And that is part of the larger goal of becoming fully like Jesus. That's the summit. Yeah. That's the the whole thing is to be totally transformed. So make some goals that you can reach in a week. You know, it's like, okay, this week, I'm going to look every person that I interact with who's outside of my immediate family. I'm going to look them in the eye and say, thank you very much and smile. I'm going to be kind. I'm gonna be yeah, like, that's really good. You know, and it's just like you do that for a week and then you just start to do that. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm like becoming like a kind individual. And did you, did you, you know, transform completely? Well, you, you started something. Yeah. Something's, something's going on. So I would just break it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like I think did John in, in his message, did he talk about eating an elephant? Yeah. Yeah. Just break it up a little bit, break it up into little attainable goals that you actually can hit within a couple weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I would encourage people that they don't have to even have the full transformation in their mind. Just have one little part of your world and go and that's why they say make your bed. You know? Yeah. Because you can accomplish it. Accomplish it. Quickly. Make your bed. You did that. Okay. You did it. Good. Good job. There you go. Are you a totally different person because you made your bed? No. But you're starting to become one. Yeah. So... That's the way I would think about that. Encourage yeah, people. so um, it's more about heading in the direction. Yeah, heading in the direction and, and not thinking about, you know, and, and giving yourself some wins. Yeah. You know, part of building confidence in anything that you do is success. Yeah. So if you only have the large goal in mind and it's just, if you, if you, if you wrap it all up and, oh, I got to do all these different things. And even if I take one little step in all these different areas all the time, it can be overwhelming. So pick one thing, be successful at it. Yeah. And then, and then slowly move on to the next thing and make it attainable. That's the point. Make it attainable sooner. Yeah. And then, and then, but also have stuff that was like, this is going to take me a year. You know, this is really going to take me a year. Uh, for me, it might be something like, forgiving your parents or a friend or something. And you're like, okay. All right. So God, God wants to transform me into the likeness of his son. That's, that's, that's my destiny. And when Jesus is asked how many times we're supposed to forgive people, he makes forgiveness, not a non-negotiable. Yeah. That's how, basically as like many you, times as you can. So 
look at your life and go, I have to forgive these people. So ask yourself, who are you bitter towards? Who do you treat differently because they hurt you or you, they made you pay, you're making them pay in a way, like you're distancing them, you're mad at them, you're angry, whatever it is, identify those people and just spend a week saying and writing down, I'm angry at those people. I don't yeah. like those people. I want, I don't want to forgive those people. I don't want to interact with those people. And then end it, write your own Psalm. That's what Psalms is. It's like, I'm mad at my enemies, but God, like, you know, save me, whatever. It's like, help me do. So it's like, I'm mad at them. God, will you help me? Help my heart. Will yeah. you help me? You know, help me see it differently. Help me understand how I've been forgiven so I can forgive. Give me the proper context of what this whole thing is about. Get my heart ready. So then you can start moving down the road of, within a year, I would like to really forgive them in the sense that like, not just that I do the behaviors, that like my heart is set free from bitterness and anger and strife or whatever it is. That, that, there you go. There's a, there's a year goal. Yeah. And maybe if you just aren't intentional about it for a couple of weeks, it could be even shorter. So that's yeah, one. Yeah. And um, when we think about something like that, like if we are bitter, or angry towards someone, um, it's hard to look at what benefit would be the result of me forgiving them. Yeah. You know, we don't really like see how we would change in right. a positive way. We just see that we're upset with someone, we're yeah. we're angry, or yeah. someone did something, and and you know, like the thought of like revenge or mm -hmm. just like totally writing them off. Mm -hmm. That that's usually like top of mind thing. Mm -hmm. Without seeing that, like I will be transformed mm -hmm. if I change my heart mm -hmm. around this thing, and mm -hmm. and God will work in my life to make yep. me like a, a new person. Right. I'd say with the forgiveness one, I mean, it's, it's a massive topic. It's two things. It's two sides. There's the side of, and this is classic. Lots of preachers talk about, you know, forgiving someone doesn't, doesn't get them out of jail. It gets you yeah. out of jail. That whole yeah. idea. It gets you out of prison because that bitterness and anger locks you out. But the other side is that anytime and I'm going to talk about this in this coming series. So this is a little bit of a, of a precursor, but like anytime that we have someone in our life who does something that offends us, hurts us, whatever crosses the line that needs to be forgiven. Uh, the Christian has almost an excitement about it because in that offense, the opportunity to show mercy and yeah. show the kind of love that only God shows has now been made available. Yeah. Wow. And that, that changes people's lives. So, so if you, if you're talking about evangelism, like one of the most powerful ways to connect with any person is to be, radically offended or hurt or vic, you know, violent, whatever, anything. And then you 
don't return, but you show mercy and forgiveness. And the person is going to, if it's genuine, it is going to throw them off. Yeah. And they are going to, for maybe the first time ever, experience what any Christian experiences with the cross. To be forgiven for something that they don't deserve is to be shown mercy and and kindness and grace. And when we have the opportunity, it's almost like those offenses are exciting because, oh, I want to fill the gap so that they can experience like, dude, like I don't love you because you're perfect. I don't love you because you did everything that I need you to do. I don't love you because you've never hurt me. I love you because I'm a being of love. That's what I do. Yeah. Wow. And I've been changed by God. And that's, I'm, I'm not saying be a doormat. That's a different discussion. I'm talking about the heart of, of um, a relational dynamic where there's in good intention, yeah. right? Where, you know, people hurt one another and they do dumb things and, or whatever. And, but sometimes people just are crossing boundaries and they are horrible and you need to, you know, separate, but you can still forgive them. Yeah. And it changes people's lives and people, people don't get it. How could you, I would never, I could never see them again. I could never even talk to that person again. That person is gross. They become, you know, they become uh, almost subhuman. Most people when they're really offended. Well, even like uh, just human nature, like you can't do that. It's through the grace of God. Right. You can't, that that's, that's what it is. It's, that. a, it's the first, it's, it's a, it's an opportunity to be a conduit for the grace of God that's become real to you in someone's life. Yeah. And a lot of times people won't read the story of the gospel or understand the nature of their, for their spiritual forgiveness. Right. It, they don't, it doesn't connect. It's like, you know, that, you know, Jesus' blood was shed for you. And, and, and because of that, your sins are forgiven and wiped away. And that means that you have the opportunity to, it used to always just be go to heaven when you die. But man, now it's like, you can actually like live this life that God designed you to live apart from sin as you transform. What in the world? Like that doesn't necessarily, huh? But what gets people is like, they did something wrong and you forgave them. And the reason why is because it's just the, it's your new nature. And they they got to see God. Yeah. One of the things that I'm going to talk about soon is, uh, you know, what Jesus did for the nation of Israel is what we're supposed to do for the world. You know, we're supposed to be the embodiment of that love. And so it's just very counterintuitive. It's an upside down kingdom. Oh, we're looking for the offense. I mean, this is Paul's whole thing. He's like, I'm thankful for my chains. Yeah. Because the chains are an opportunity for the ministry to grow. Yeah. It's an opportunity for people to hear about the king who was in more than chains and loves them. It's just like, huh? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So I don't know how what we're, exactly what we were getting into, but just, oh, what it does. Forgiveness, what it does for you, but what it does for the world. Oh, for sure. You know? Well, let's um, so let's move into the challenge. Yeah. Um, let's challenge people to take a step, something mm-hmm. they know that they've been putting off, that God's put on their heart. That if they do that this week mm-hmm. or the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. what can we what can we give them? Can we make can we make some shirts? <laughs> can we make some the One rest. Step. The rest. Yeah, make some shirts and give them if they do it. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I want you to come up with some. I, I, I think that, you know, uh, one might be giving, tithing. Okay. Yeah. Start tithing. Start to think about giving and you're kind of like, uh, not that. It's like, oh, I, I want to be like Jesus, like really bad. But except but for that, I'm not going to be generous. Thing. Well, it's kind of impossible. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, start to give weekly. Start to give weekly. Make it more than you thought you would. Yeah. And see what it, what God does as he transforms you into a being of generosity. Look for opportunities to be generous outside of direct just finances and money. Yeah. Maybe indirect. Start to uh, view yourself as a conduit of of blessing. You know, really believe you are. So yeah. it's like, I'll drive. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll drive. I'll, I'll, I, let me, I'm going to buy, you know, I'm going to buy your lunch. I'm going to, can I buy you coffee? I mean, just kind of start to like open up the gates a little bit. Or helping that neighbor do that thing. What's that? Helping yeah, your neighbor yeah. do that thing. Yeah. You know, that thing you don't want to. The thing you don't want to do. Or if they ask you, it's like, yeah, heck yeah, man. Let's go do it. And then like, you know, I, so, so that that's one, um, I think we could always get back to just, you know, church attendance. Our church attendance is growing and it's good. So this isn't like a, you know, a comment on that necessarily, but like people don't go to church every week. Yeah. Go to church every week for three months. Just say like, I'm opening myself up to these moments, these days. I'm going to make the step to just go every single week and sit and listen and let God speak to me. Um. yeah that's good and sometimes it's like you know someone might need to hear this like you don't have to go to church excuse me to figure it out right like you don't always have to just you don't have to figure everything out yeah but you just gotta go like just that's all you need to figure out you don't need to figure out your life. You don't have to figure out everything in a day or in a month or in a week. But like, if you know, like that God is real and he's speaking to you and he has like life to the full for you go and just every day, don't, don't go in with, I need the answer. Yeah. Don't go in with, I, I, I need this. Something's got to click or I'm not going to be here. Just go in knowing I'm here and I'm going to sit here. And I'm going to let God say whatever he wants to me. And I don't know what that, I don't need it to mean anything. I want to figure out what God wants to mean to me. That, that, that would be one. Yeah. Um, I think some of the other ones is like, um, spend some, some time alone, you know, some time in maybe solitude, take yeah, a couple that's hours. Good. That's a hard one. It's a hard one. A couple of hours, maybe do it once a week or do it one every two weeks. Um, little, little steps like that would be good. Um, call your parents. Oh yeah. That's hard. That's a hard one for me. Once a week. If God's saying to do it, just call them. Hey, how are you? Just checking. I don't know. Yeah. Hard. 
Um, here's one. Um, uh, say you're sorry and ask for forgiveness. Oh, geez, yeah. That's a good one. I heard uh, somebody talking. It was like a TED Talk or something. And it was like basically your whole life is measured and, and the quality of your life is measured by the quality of your relationships. Yeah. And that whenever you do something wrong, it's very difficult to admit that you did something wrong, but it damages the relationship. Yep. So literally this woman was saying that we could change our lives in 30 seconds when we have conflict with somebody. Just, just go into the kitchen and say, Hey, you know, I, uh, I'm sorry for the way I talked last night. I shouldn't have yelled. I shouldn't have said that. I want to do a better job. Yeah, but it can change your life. It can change your life. It can change your life. And so like that, I think that's the kind of stuff it's like that God will, will prompt you to do. Yeah. That you're just like, eh, it's too hard. And I, and I, like I've said, this has been kind of a drum I'm beating. Like it is hard. Very, very hard. So maybe instead of not doing it because you're hard, ask yourself if you're willing to do hard things to improve your life. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah, you don't have to do it. You don't have to, man. No one's going to make you. It is hard to be humble. It is hard to admit you were wrong. It's really hard. Yep. But that's what that's what makes the world a better place. That's the sermon. Man, it's now. probably harder though living in the state that you're in when yeah. you're not doing that. Right. Uh, wouldn't you think? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we have several things we lined up. So if anyone out there takes a step, um, you don't have to tell us what it is. Just email us at the rest at 514church.com. Let us know that you took a step and we will get you something good. Um, all right. That's all the time we have for this episode. It's been a really great episode. Uh, we have a new series on the horizon. That's right. We're calling, can I say the name? Is, do you know what it is? I I know what it is. Okay. Do you know? I'm, I'm hoping that you... <laughs> I believe we're calling it Known For That's It. That's right. Uh, so without spilling the beans, yeah. can you tell us a couple reasons why we all need to be here for this series? Um, there's a distinction that Jesus makes about what sets us apart. Yeah. And it's what we're known for. And so, um, when we when we talk about the summit and who we're supposed to be, and what, that's what we're going to get into. Okay. All right. As always, we'll be here next week to cover part one of Known for It on the Rest. Yeah.